the game is constant improvement. Like nothing in business is one and done. You have to monitor this stuff. Yeah, and I think I just want to point out, guys, that three to five years, whatever it's going to be, there's going to be huge opportunity for every one of you that owns a business that continues to push forward, continues to improve and innovate and make these changes and this progress. So do not do what a lot of people have done in the last couple of years, which is put their head in the sand and just ignore everything and hope it gets better. I mean, you have to be persistent, be persevering through all this and everyone else is doing that. You're going to be able to pull forward. So if you guys just stick it out and you continue to push forward, there's going to be huge opportunities for growth. There's going to be huge amounts of new customers you're going to get because the other competitions falling out. Grow your cleaning business, make more money, have more time. This is the Profit Cleaners Podcast with your hosts, Brandon Condry and Brandon Shane. This customer experience thing that we're changing up here. So we're switching the model. So like there were, look, name of the game, constant improvement. Uh (laughs) We have sat on the way that we did it before, which was minimal voice communication with customers, try and force it all to text because we could go faster that way. Almost automation to a fault kind of thing. Yes. But over time, what we've realized is you start seeing more. We get transcripts of the voicemails that get left on our phone line. And you start seeing more angry phone calls that are like, your system is so stupid. I'm frustrated. Or like people got through the hoops that we made them jump through to schedule an appointment. And then we're like, never mind. I don't even want a cleaning. You're so disorganized. So we started seeing more and more of that. Well, because people were like getting like, it was like a week or two out before they could even book their or talk on their estimate just to get on with us. Yeah. So we had a bottleneck with the estimate. So we're kind of going the other way. So instead of having a dedicated salesperson, there's a team now. So customer service and sales are now one and we're just calling it customer experience. And so this involves a major software shakeup on our side. So the way this was working previously, which again, don't judge me. This is just the way that it shook out. Service Fusion, for all of the good things that it has, it is not very good at managing text communication and it doesn't really keep a paper trail. It doesn't do task management. So what was happening is a text message would come into the Service Fusion from a customer. Hey, I need to reschedule so-and-so. The customer service team would copy it into monday.com so that now there's a paper trail. We'd write up the reply in Monday, now copy the reply to Service Fusion, send it, and then wait for them to go back and forth. And in Monday, we're changing the status of these pulses or what they're called, but you change the status to, we're waiting for a response. And then when they reply, you're like, okay, great. And then you mark it as done. Right. But there's so much time wasted just copying and pasting stuff back and forth, back and forth. And like, you get used to it, you're going really fast, but still like it's monumental waste of time. And we're not answering the phone. So what we've done instead, and we're in the process of launching this, so this could blow up on our faces, but I don't think it's going to. I think it's going to be totally game-changing. So we're going with a customer service software, which is called Zendesk. Zendesk is very common. I guarantee all of you, if you go into your email and search Zendesk, you will find something from some company that's using Zendesk already. So Zendesk has this thing called the Omni Channel. We're not sponsored by Zendesk, by the way. I'm just a fan. So omni-channel, it's like this bucket. It's an incoming bucket of requests for anything. So requests for scheduling, canceling, sales, phone calls, whatever. So it all goes into this one place, and these can come from text messages, emails, Facebook Messenger, the little live chat bubble on our website. It all goes to the same place. And so what's going to happen now is there's a team, the customer experience team. They're just going to go get a new ticket. Like I claim this ticket is mine. I'm going to work it until it's done. So-and-so needs to reschedule. Great. And you're just typing into the software into Zendesk and it's replying to them on whatever 
channel they reached out to you in. So if they reached out by Facebook Messenger, when you reply in Zendesk, it replies by Facebook Messenger. If you did it by text, by text, so on and so forth. And then the bigger change for us, though, is that it does include phone calls. So it will route the phone calls to whatever agent is free. All the phone calls are done through the browser with a headset plugged into a computer. There's no hardware. There's no landlines in the office. They're not using their personal cell phones anymore to make or receive calls. It's all in the browser. And then the other part of Zendesk is that it tracks everything. So you will know how long reps spend on the phone calls, how you can listen to the phone calls because they're all recorded. You get transcripts of the phone calls because it's all transcribed by an AI. You get closure rates. So like this rep closed 50% more tickets than that one. What's up? Like we got to talk to the one that has the lower closure rate and make sure that they're like up to speed. And then for the commission side of things, we're going to set aside a percentage of gross revenue for the month if they hit their sales target, which is going to be sort of a net new customers number. So we want to account for cancellations. And after cancellations, we want 20 new biweekly customers. If they hit that number, they're going to split. The team is going to split a percentage of revenue for the month prior. And how it gets split up is going to be based off of two things. Your closure rate, how many tickets did you close? So this accounts for one rep working slower than another so that they're not unfairly getting a bunch of commission that someone else earned for them. And like a satisfaction number, a quality number, like after you've all had these like one question surveys after you talk to like Comcast support online, at the very end you get like a, were you happy with the service you received? And it's like a frowny face or a smiley face. Or like on a scale of one to five, like rate the service that you received today. So like we're going to have that go out to customers. And so we'll get a feel for the reps and like that yeah. gives you data on who needs to improve or who's crushing it. And like we should give you a raise because you're just absolutely running the whole department type of thing. So yeah, that's that huge. is the next sort of step. Yeah. And that's that goes right in line with what we've been talking about with customer experience in the last few podcasts recently. Yeah. Instead of people not being able to reach reach us as quickly or like, I mean, they, now they're going to be able to just call right in. Someone's going to answer because it's going to, like you said, rotate to whoever's available on, on the customer experience team. What I mean, just what a better experience. I know that sounds silly, but it's like when we were smaller, we could do that. And then we grew to this point where we were just like kind of automating everything. And now we're kind of going back to what really worked and what made people happy. And another thing, just talking about this that I thought of is I've heard this before and I've, I was telling you at lunch the other day, Brandon, but it's like to get from zero to two, three million dollars in revenue, there's a certain set of tools and resources and teams that you need to get there. And now we're at that point and we're going from two to 10 million or whatever the next goal is. And it's going to take a different set of tools and teams and processes and things like that. So this is part of why we're retooling. So maybe some of this might be overkill for you guys, but like this is what where we're at and the software is we're changing over so we can bring that customer experience back. And I think just recently, like we were having a big delay of getting back to people. And now recently in the last few weeks, the teams have been getting back to those people and scheduling right away. And it's just like, just that, even without the software in place, you know, 100% yet, we're starting to do that with the new team and it's just working really well with like getting the schedule yeah, filled yeah. and getting customers happier. It was and... a huge revenue bump. So we had our best month ever in May and we were just a shade over 200K, I think, in gross revenue. So and then the following month with that, like get back to them quick, you know, sort of setup, it added $19,000 in revenue to the next month. And that was just from, it was essentially, it was just one-time clean. So it was responding to one-time and move-outs that 
we're sitting on the estimate calendar because we're still using Calendly for like proper estimates and stuff because we're not fully switched over to the new setup. But there were one time in move out cleans that were kind of squatting on a spot. And what we're trying to do instead is someone's looking at that calendar through the week. They check it every day. And then if they see a one time move out, they just call them up like, hey, I say I saw one time. Do you have any questions? Here's your quote. I'll just get it to you right away. You want to schedule? Great. And so it just cuts the time, the interaction with potential customers time from like days to minutes. And yeah. that's huge. That so that's huge. that's the biggest part for us. So we're trying to cut it down. And so in the future, like the way it's going to work is, all right, we spent a bunch of money on marketing. They saw a car. They heard an ad, whatever. They are going to call. They heard the call to action. They did it. They're right now in the frame of like, I'm going to buy it right now. What used to happen was they would call, leave a voicemail. We'd get back to them maybe like the next business day, explain that they now had to, to schedule a, an online estimate we over Zoom, which was a week out. And so now they're like, oh, okay, fine. So like now it's like 10 days we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, or they'd schedule it online, but it was still a huge delay. Yes. And then what happens now is that when we get to the point where we're going to, it's you're okay, it's your estimate day. They cancel in the morning because over that 10 days, they just hired someone else because like they took our ad money that we used to get them excited. And they were like, I'm just going to now I want my house cleaned. I'll just use someone else. So in the ideal situation, they saw the ad, they called or they texted or whatever. And someone gets back to them like right away. So if they call, it'll just pop into whatever rep is available. If they're not available, it'll give them a very polite voicemail that says, hey, all the reps are busy right now. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. And then like it'll go into this queue as like an unanswered ticket. And then as soon as the next rep is available, just hit them back. Whatever method they reached out to us on, we're going to reach back to them on. So if they called us, we're going to call you back and talk to you about it. And if you don't answer, then we'll shoot you a text. So like, hey, I saw you call. No answer when we called back. Let us know if you have any questions. And so like there's ways to communicate with them through multiple channels. But that's the idea. So we should be booking customers like same day when they call. And really, yeah, I mean, it's just making it easy for the customer to work with us and make, you know, same in your company. When you guys are talking to customers or interacting with them, just we had this bottleneck where it was like hard for people to like get their house clean and it should be easy, you know? And so we're just making it easy. We realized some issues we were having because we grew so fast and some things kind of broke along the way. But this is what we're doing, that constant improvement. We're fixing those things. I don't know if you'd consider Zendesk like a project. It's not really a project manager. No, it is. They refer to themselves as customer experience. So listen, you can't use it like Monday.com or Asana or Trello. Which are project management. Project management, task management mm -hmm. tools. Which we've used like almost all of those. Exclusively, yeah. So we've used task management through and through. Service Fusion even has a task manager built in, but it is terrible. I'll tell you that up front. So... No, it's not that. This is specifically, essentially what Zendesk is really good at is making sure that nothing falls through the cracks. So yeah. a queue came up, we tracked it, we marked it. There's a paper trail of who did it. There's internal notes. There's loads of stuff you can do with it. Now, the flip side of that coin is that Zendesk is so highly customizable that setting it up can kind of be a problem. <laughs> it can take some time. It is a beast. We actually had a meeting with a person we found on Upwork that's a Zendesk implementation specialist. And so they walked me through how to do everything. So we're doing that. And then I'm going to have a follow-up with them once we're all done. And they're going to double check my setup and make sure I did it correctly and kind of go over any settings that I need to change. So, I mean, up front, like it's a beast. Like you got to spend some time and effort on doing this thing. But that's what Brandon was saying before was the tools that we had to get the 2 million worked great. And now we're between the 2 and 10, which is a different beast. And so we got to switch it up. So we're going to switch it up. So you guys will get to be along for the ride. We'll let you know how it goes if it doesn't work out or it does work out. But the whole point of this and you guys listening to us is that 
you're learning from our mistakes. So I think one of our mistakes that we made along the way was that we stopped answering the phone. In the early days, we answered the phone all the time because we were tiny and we had nothing to do. So we were answering the phone and then we got big and we stopped answering the phone. And now we're kind of, we're cyclical here. We're going to go back to calling. And so the way I've heard this phrased is like, well, I don't know, what are the younglings called these days? What are the youngins called? What generation? Are they? They're like Zoomers, I think, are what they're called. So it's the opposite of boomers. So they're Zoomers. But they expect instantaneous action. So like you text a friend and they don't answer you in like a minute and a half. They're like, oh my God, did they die? Like something's wrong with them. <laughs> so they're expecting this stuff. So like making them wait for days to do it is just not going to fly. I think most people in general are getting accustomed to that. Well, that's what I mean is like customer service. Like, man, like if you think back like 10 years ago, Comcast used to win this award every year for like the worst company in America. And it was for their customer service was so bad. Their pricing was so bad. And they aggressively tried to go the other way. And now, I mean, I don't have a cause to call Comcast very often, but if you do, they answer the phone. If you start a live chat on the website, someone connects right away. So they have really put a lot of effort into trying to shed the worst company in America moniker and be more upfront with their customer service side of things. So I think we're in the same boat. I mean, we certainly weren't the worst company in America, but we definitely were pissing off potential customers that were like, I'm not going to deal with you now. Like, I can't even, if this is how you are. What's funny is that like, if the, for the people that did get through the gauntlet of onboarding, once they were on the other side, we're super easy to deal with, like in the actual scheduling, once you're a customer side of things, but you kind of have to take us at our word for that because it was hard for you to get your sales appointment. So we are switching it up like we always do, but that's the name of the game. The name of the game is constant improvement. If you sit back and, well, we set the software up 10 years ago. It worked really well. We're good. Like if you wash your hands of it and say that we did it once, it's once and done. Nothing in business is one and done. You have to monitor this stuff. And I think that's what sets businesses like ours apart that have this like hyper growth trajectory that are growing really quickly is that we're not like, well, we got a CRM. We're done now. Everybody use it have fun like no training necessary like that type of stuff that's why i really like eos eos came to us at like the exact right time when we were able to start keeping track of problems that were arising from the ranks and we solicit feedback from the cleaners from the customers constantly so if there's a problem out there that someone's like sitting on i want to know about it instead of them experiencing the problem and being okay with it and then a second time and getting mad and like by the time something happens like three or four times now they're just super mad and then they just cancel without telling you why so yeah that's what you got to do like if you want to not just survive not just like hey i created a full-time job for myself and it's covering my expenses like i mean that's cool if that's the goal but if the goal is to just keep growing like be the authority build a monster cleaning company a regional cleaning company you have to do this stuff CEOs think differently. As a small business owner, you have to stop thinking like one. We're launching the Profit Cleaners Book Club to help transform the mindsets of cleaning business owners everywhere. Together, we'll read some of the most important business and mindset books so that you can become the leader your business needs. Learn more about the Profit Cleaners Book Club today by going to profitcleaners.com slash book club. That's profitcleaners.com slash book club. If you chose to be an entrepreneur at all, this is hard work. It's not like a one and done thing. It's constant improvement. It's constant, like we're talking about here, measuring stuff, seeing what the issues are, fixing those issues. 
And another thing that you mentioned along the way, just setting up the Zendesk that I thought was really important that people need to listen to this is because you know, it's easy to get caught up on like, well, I'm not, I don't know how to set this up or it's too complicated or, but people get lost in, in a lot of this stuff, especially the technology side of stuff. It's really just get out of your own way and get someone to help you implement it. Get, go on to upwork.com, find a specialist, maybe even at the company or whatever you're trying to set up. And just be like, I need help or I'm going to pay you to help me implement this and set it up. And it's worth its weight and gold to delegate that kind yeah. of stuff and get people to help you set it up. Ironically, Zendesk has terrible customer support, which is funny. <laughs> so that, that's what our implementation specialists like. I couldn't even find a place on their website where you're like, I need help. Like there's, they're one of those companies that bury it. Like you hit like contact us and FAQs and no, 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 no. You got to like go through the levels before they're like, okay, fine. Here's how to contact us. Yeah. I think that funny. part was ridiculous. They do have a live chat button on their website, which uses Zendesk, obviously, and I put something into there. Nobody ever got back to me. So I find that part terribly ironic that the customer ironic. experience company has bad customer experience. But they're so big. Like, they are huge. They're like Salesforce. Zendesk actually just sold for like $11 billion, I think. Oh, wow. So they're a huge company. And so... They're good at the software side of things, but they're so big that there's actually an ecosystem of other companies that exist around Zendesk. So they have a marketplace on their website where you can go look at third-party apps that plug into it and do this, that, and the other thing. And so that's what we did. I actually, there's a bunch of companies that specialize in just setting it up. They tack their own software onto it and they cost a lot of money. That got really confusing really fast because their marketplace is huge. So instead, I just went to Upwork. There were dozens of people. I booked one that had high ratings. This is all she does is Zendesk implementation. I think she's based in Chicago. And I had a one hour meeting and she was like, no, like where I got really tripped up was with the phone system. There's a knowledge base article about it. Like, here's how you set it up. Talk to your IT support people and make sure that these ports are available on your router. And I was like, oh my God, this is like already way above my head. And so I got freaked out that this isn't going to work. They were going to have to pay like $20,000 to like get it off the ground. And so I talked to her. She was like, no, they make that article like way more complicated than it needs to be. She was like, for the most part, it is plug and play. You just turn it on and it works. It's like, especially if they're in the U.S. All you need is a high-speed internet connection and then you're good. So well, that's what we're going with right now. And we'll see how it works out. But we'll certainly give you an update in the future. But I'm very excited about it. And I think it will definitely change the way that we are doing business with everybody and it should between the efficiencies gained by not copying pasting stuff back and forth and the new customers coming on board like i think the system will pay for itself essentially right away and hypothetically we'll be able to i don't think we'll be able to cancel like monday.com like we're still going to use it for eos meetings and things like that but we may be able to reduce the type of license we have so that should save us a little bit of money i mean i will say that zendesk is I mean, it's pricey. I think we're going to end up paying something like $100 a month per login. So $1,200 a year per person that's going to be in there. And so you're not going to have a license. You don't need one. But I will because I'm the admin guy doing the tech stuff. And then otherwise, it'll just be people that are actually going to be in there doing things. So yeah, it's not cheap. But again, if you want to go from $2 million to $10 million, you got to spend money. You got to break an egg to make an omelet. Yeah, you got to invest in the tools. And these are things that will save time, that will make essentially we had a huge door up and people couldn't get in to get their house cleaned and now they're going to be freely flowing in so i mean it's going to be a huge game changer on that regard and then i think just we can get back to some of these other things in the meeting that we were talking about i mean i think we came just from the last meeting i wanted to point out we're either really consistent or came a long way with the different areas of eos which are vision data process traction issues and people 
but I think we're still working through, we're still improving our data, some of our processes, but I think we made some good improvements on just like, for example, the vision, letting people know more about our core values in the last few months. We've really shared that with our teams, the core values and the goals and kind of the culture that we want to build. I think that's been a big improvement. And I think just in general, we've been going in the right direction, making the right progress. We haven't been going backwards on a lot of those areas. So I think that's huge. And this is good, again, to just see this every quarter when we do these EOS meetings to see where we're going and measuring this stuff. And like, so everybody got to put up a number and say, this is what I thought we're doing on issues or with people or with the data. I think we're doing great. We definitely just have to nail this hiring issue, which we're doing. And we shared that with you guys. And hopefully that piques some inspiration and some ideas for you guys as well. And then is there anything else we want to tell them on those areas? I mean, the two things for us this time were customer experience and hiring. So we'll give you updates on how that's going in the future. But I highly recommend putting EOS into place. So even if you are a sole proprietor, you're just getting started. If we had started with this from the ground up, I think we would have gone even faster. So read the book, take what you will out of it, but it has been transformational for us. And there are, the more that you use it, like the more, like my kid goes to a small private school, right? And they have a library. And I went in there one day to pick her up after school. And on the shelf, there were 20 copies of Traction. And I was like, that's weird. And so I messaged the head of the school, the owner. And I was like, hey man, I was in the library and I just saw 20 copies of Traction. He's like, are you doing EOS? He's like, we're not doing it at the school yet. He's like, but the guy who owns it runs a big nonprofit. It's a fund that funds conscious investments and things. He's like, they have used it there for years. He's like, we love it. Like it's been transformational. So the more that you start hearing about it, like there are other people that use this constantly all over the place. And so these fund, I mean, it's hundreds of millions of dollars. So like it's some place that we aspire to be someday. But the fact that I am using the same system that a company that's worth $200 million is using, I think is very telling of where you can go with it. Yeah, absolutely. So that is huge, man. Uh, you know, keep it up, guys. I mean, this is just an update on our internal struggles for hiring. But the more you look at it, the more you can get some revelations out of it. So we found a big hole where we were losing 75% of the people that made applications were not coming in for interviews. So how do we fix that? Well, the first thing we're going to try is calling them. The next thing we'll try is paying for interviews. Like there's lots of things that you can do, but you got to start somewhere. And I think a lot of people just because it's scary tend to put their head in the sand like an ostrich and be like, ah, it'll go away. But like it won't, something will go away. It may be your business. It may be that the employees go to some other company, but the problem itself will only get worse. So I definitely take a deep breath, do some mindfulness meditation and tackle this stuff like head on. Before we close out, let's just rattle off these hiring solutions because I think they're really good. And I think they'll help people. But we have a list, guys, of just solutions for the hiring that we wrote down during this meeting. We'll make it quick here. But essentially, if you're not doing some of these, think about implementing them into your, into your hiring process. The first one is get info tab or a frequently asked questions part on the application page for your employees to just get their most frequently asked questions answered. You know, shorten that process up, make it easy for them. Again, tell them the benefits and then make their questions easily answered before they have to hop on the phone or do anything. The second one on there, or maybe the third one here, would be what we're talking about. Jump on the phone, have a conversation with them. Do a kind of like a pre-interview on the phone, ask some general questions, kind of tell them, hey, this sounds like a good fit. Now can you come in for a more in-person interview, something like that. Yeah. You want to tell them the next one, Brandon? 
Uh, the next one was bump starting wage for all experience. We kind of already do this, but the idea was just move everything up by a buck. We can push everything by a dollar, then that'll make us more competitive with other job ads. Right. And if they're already working out for other companies, just be like, hey, you already have some great experience. We'll start you at a higher rate. Yeah, we'll transfer over your seniority like right away. And then the last one was get Reina a phone. That sounds super simple, but it would just be a dedicated business line, like a cell phone just for Reina to make these calls, receive calls, interact with people on WhatsApp. Everything below that was all about targeting competitors, employees. So that was one of the other things we talked about was we know that there are people working in cleaning companies in town that are making significantly less than we pay. But if they're happy, they're not looking for a job ad. So all of our ads are targeting people that are actively looking. They're on Craigslist and Indeed and so on and so forth. So we were trying to figure out how to get into the other businesses where they are. We've talked about all kinds of wacky stuff like a sign spinner outside of a competitor, a billboard outside of a competitor. Yeah. We've never used like outdoor media, but we're just thinking of new ways to reach people, whether it's a radio ad, an outdoor billboard. I mean, whatever. To be it might clear, be. we're not doing any of this right now. No. These were just all brainstorm ideas. Sure. I like the PTA one, though. That's a cool oh, one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So one of them was, all right, you know, if you look at our ideal employees, like where do they live? What schools do their kids go to? Could we get involved with the PTA at those schools and sponsor some things in exchange for putting out a hiring ad in like the parent newsletter or something like that? So that's an idea. And then other things like we were talking about potentially like radio or television ads on Spanish speaking channels. And what Reina let us know is that none of them use that. They all use Spotify, but Spotify has ads. So we're going to look into can we do hiring ads on Spotify for certain types of music that our employees listen to? And then like we, there's a couple of wacky ones, which are like just print like little business card, postcard size flyers and just stick them under windshields at like grocery stores in the part of town where our employees tend to live. And so we're just trying to get creative because like we're struggling hiring just like you guys are. And, but instead of sitting back and blaming the pandemic or the government for shutdowns or whatever, you got to roll with the punches. So this is us rolling with the punches. We're figuring out how to keep it going in this current economy that is existing for everybody yeah and i think i just want to point out guys that the next several years three to five years whatever it's going to be there's going to be huge opportunity for every one of you that owns a business that continues to push forward it continues to improve and innovate and make these changes and this progress so do not do what a lot of people have done in the last couple of years which is put their head in the sand and just ignore everything and hope it gets better i mean you have to be persistent be persevering through all this and there's like everyone else is doing that you're going to be able to pull forward so if you guys just stick it out and you continue to push forward there's going to be huge opportunities for growth there's going to be huge amounts of new customers you're going to get because the other competitions fallen out and yeah hopefully this podcast helped you guys just give you these ideas from our recent meeting gave you some inspiration which by the way if you're getting inspired this helped you at all please share the podcast with someone please leave us a review pay us back a favor for doing these podcasts for free. We don't run a bunch of annoying ads and stuff like that. So we're delivering value. So help us out, guys. Give us a like, give us a subscribe and a review. And I think that's pretty much it, Brandon. That's it. Keep it clean. Keep it clean. Thanks for joining us today. To get more info, including show notes, updates, trainings, and super cool free stuff, head over to ProfitCleaners.com. And remember, keep it clean.